Friends, Brian here for Yes, You Can Play Guitar. Welcome to our podcast. This one was a very interesting one. This one, you know, first off, I got to give you some, a little bit of background here. Pantera, you know, during their heyday, late 80s, really actually in the 90s. Um, I really don't have to get into the history for the Pantera fans out there. Their guitar player, he was a very unique, well-loved guitar player by the name of Dimebag Daryl. He was tragically murdered on stage by a fan in December of 2004, which was a big shock to the metal community and uh, just one of the big tragedies of music. And the Pantera fans are very, very passionate. They're very vicious when it comes to protecting their band And um, I get it. I understand that. I love Pantera myself. So with the passing of Dimebag Daryl, there recently has been a reunion, which was called the Pantera Reunion, with the original singer, Phil Anselmo. But the drummer and the guitar player were brothers. He had Vinnie Paul on drums and Dimebag on guitar. Well, Dimebag passed away, as I just mentioned, in 2004. Uh, Vinnie Paul passed away a few years ago from health issues. So, and they were amazing musicians. They were the core of the band. You can't really replace them, but Charlie Benante, who's a phenomenal drummer from Anthrax, was playing drums. Rex Brown, the original bass player, was playing bass. Phil Anselmo, the original singer. And they had Zach Wilde, who everyone knows from Ozzy and Black Label Society fame, come in and play guitar. Now, you know, Zach is an amazing guitar player. Like, he is a guitar icon, really. But his playing is very different than Dimebag Daryl. And those two were really good friends when Dimebag was alive. Uh, Zach doesn't use a Floyd Rose bridge. He doesn't use a whammy bar, which was heavily incorporated by Dimebag. And... I did a like a reaction video to one of their first concerts, this new Pantera reunion late last year, 2002. And a lot of people were commenting and they were really ticked off with Zach Wilde. And I was like, I was kind of like tongue in cheek saying, wow, you know, like, really? So I made a, a video saying, did Zach Wilde fail the Pantera fans? Kind of as a joke. And my God, people came out in droves to comment just shocked me because Zach's such a respected, amazing guitar player. I actually contacted his camp about the video and said, hey, do you want to do an interview and talk about it? But uh, I have not heard anything back. But anyway, I'm just saying the Pantera fans are very, very passionate and vicious. Well, back in 2017, actually, some friends of mine who are really big Pantera fans said, hey, this Pantera tribute band is coming to Ottawa, the city closest to where I lived. And I was like very skeptical, like all the other Pantera fans and guitar player fans out there. And I saw this uh, promotional video by the band. I was like, uh, and it was an all woman. uh, It was an all female, sorry, uh, tribute band to Pantera, you know, well, it, it sounded pretty good. So I went out, I was skeptical. I had to see it. And when I went, they came out and they played, and on guitar was this, like, just being completely honest, this tiny, beautiful thing <laughs> came out and played guitar, and she just ripped on the guitar. I thought she did a really good job. I, she really impressed me. And from being very skeptical, uh, being very skeptical of the whole thing, I was very impressed after I saw the band. 
And uh, what made it even more impressive, too, is their drummer. There's some issues with the drummer crossing the border. Uh, anyway, they had a, an amazing drummer. I forget his last name. It was Kevin something. They never even rehearsed. He just came down from Montreal. He made the two-hour drive, whatever it is, and uh, hopped on the kit, and he was just amazing. The band was just incredible. So Rose Diocampo was the guitar player. And I had a little chat with her after, and that was that. Well, with the advent of this happening late last year, you know, I, I really realized, you know, for Pantera fans, you can't really go out and see Pantera anymore. There's, of course, the Pantera reunion, what I just talked about. But to go out and even see a good tribute or a cover band, like, it, it takes a lot of courage to do a band so loved and revered like Pantera. And just this tiny little beautiful thing came out and played and ripped on the guitar. It really impressed me. So I thought earlier, uh, I thought, you know, it'll be good to do an interview with Rose. So I contacted Rose. She was fantastic. She was very agreeable. And we had a great chat. It was just to get into the mind of someone, you know, playing in a tribute band. Tribute bands, you know, a lot of people don't know what to make of them, but they do put in a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do that. And especially in the case of Pantera and someone like Rose, just the courage to get on stage and, you know, to do that. Because, you know, there's going to be critics. You know, I'll tell you guys a quick story. Um, Many years ago, over 20 years ago, it's a story in itself, but... I was briefly the first guitar player in what became an actual gigging Dream Theater tribute band. And in that band, the keyboardist was one of the most amazing musicians I had ever played with. And sadly, he passed a little over a year ago due to cancer. But, uh, you know, down the road, he uh, years later, he kind of lived near the small town where I lived. And we got together a few times and talked and everything. And, and uh, you know, he just, when he left that band, he hated it. You know, he hated the whole, and I said to him, well, why, what was the deal? He said, you know, I worked my ass off to play in that band to get everything perfect because, you know, you're, covering, you're tributing Dream Theater, right? He said, you could play for two hours and nail everything perfectly. If you make one tiny mistake, that's what the people are going to bring up to you after the show. So... Being in a tribute band, it's a whole other thing in itself. But uh, my hat's off to Rose. I thought they did a great job. I thought they were a great tribute band. And uh, this is my part. This is my interview with Rose. And again, just before I let you guys go and we get into it, uh, I want to tell you guys, if you want to support me, the podcast, go to my YouTube channel. Yes, you can play guitar. Subscribe. Uh, if you want to take it a step further, join my Patreon. I've got two Patreon communities. I've got a reaction community. Some people like my reactions. And I recently started a guitar community. The guitar community has, you know, extra guitar lessons, downloadable tab files, tips, advice, extra videos, all kinds of stuff. You want to check that out. Or you might just want to donate. You can go to my YouTube channel. You go to paypal.com slash guitar. Just click donate. The link is on my banner on YouTube. Again, guys, here is my interview with Rose Diocampo, the guitar player for the all-female Pantera tribute, Cowgirls from Hell. Remember, practice hard, but practice smart. No excuses, and we'll see you soon.
Friends, Brian here for Yes You Can Play Guitar, and I have my friend here today. I saw her play live a few years ago, and I was very impressed by her playing and the band she was playing with. This is my good friend Rose Del Campo from the Panther all-female tribute band, Cowgirls from Hell. Rose, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, So, uh, what have you been up to lately? Let's talk about that, and then we'll get into all the other stuff. Honestly, I've been just working. Yeah. <laughs> the last couple of years, I've just been working. Um, I'm on a local university, and I've been enjoying it. Like, um, it's it's hard work, but it's it's fun. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you you did say uh, we'll talk about this a little later that uh, the band's been a bit on hiatus now because of uh, what's been going on in the world the past few years. Yes, uh, we've been. We've been taking a break and uh, partly because we haven't had a like good luck with the drummer, like finding a, you know, a permanent drummer. And also like I have kind of been, you know, like burnt out for a little while, like with yeah. COVID and everything that kind of happened, like we lost a lot of friends and all that. Mm. So, uh, but starting to get back into the fold again, listening to music, hopefully. And I'm really glad but to hear that for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about guitar, how you got started, what your influences were, all that other good stuff. Mm, how I started learning guitar was, I was in the Philippines. I grew up in the Philippines and I have an older brother who's like almost 10 years older than me. And he was playing guitar, acoustic guitar. And he used to listen to like a lot of grunge, you know, like Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And... Alice in Chains and all that stuff. And he listened to some Metallica too. I think he was playing like bass or something like that at uh, his his band when he was in college. So I kind of got exposed to all that through him. And I begged him to teach me how to play, but I remember he taught me like four, like three chords, the D, A, and G. Okay. <laughs> Went from there. Once... um. Yeah, you know, that that website nine one one tabs and ultimate oh, guitar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I, I, in a way, taught myself to learn the songs that I wanted to learn because it was I thought, uh, before the YouTube, uh, you know, instructional videos and all that. Like that's where I, <laughs> that's where I learned. Okay. Um, yeah, with Metall Metallica songs and you know, alter alternative rock '90s songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the first time you heard Pantera? Yes. Um, I remember um, I was watching VH1. Okay. It was like, back then, I think I was, uh, it, I was probably like 17. So I was pretty late in the game. And and they were doing some kind of documentary on, you know, on Dime and all that. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, um, he, he was, I, I don't remember everything in from the document documentary but i remember his domination solo and and that kind of like gave me the chills and I, I just thought it was pretty amazing and i could never do it kind of like they they got on my radar since since that and okay. i just thought like for the longest time it's like one of those bands that i would never try to learn a song because i would just butcher it <laughs> i mean i probably Still do every now and again, but 
I just felt like they, it was too sacred because, you know, that he, we lost him. And, you know, there's no one who could ever replace him. And No, it's true. And, you know, like, um, I, I think one of the things with the Pantera fans are very passionate. You know, we were talking, I, I, I did a recent reaction video to uh, the reunion, the tribute, whatever you want to call it, doing Cowboys from Hell. And in the comments, a lot of people, we'll talk about this a little later. The comments were saying some people weren't happy with Zach Wild and what he was doing, and other people were happy. And I was, so I as, almost as a tongue in cheek, I, I posted a video saying, "Like, do you really think that Zach Wild failed the Pantera fans?" And it it blew up and it got heated. And I think part of it, though, for a lot of people, is is the tragedy of how Dimebag died and he was kind of taken from us. Uh, I think that's why people get uh, so triggered. But moving along, we'll talk more about that. But so. So you, you started getting into bands? Were they metal bands or? Yeah, so I started getting into, like, of course, first of all, like Metallica. And I was learning some of their songs. And I was learning some <laughs> some Guns N' Roses. And kind of like, you know, the usual stuff, the common stuff that um, you know, metalheads kind of get into. Yeah. The beginning um, into, like, classic rock, like Zeppelin and um, Iron Maiden probably Iron Maiden mostly yeah. <laughs> and um uh yeah because uh it was a lot of like VH1 stuff like Queen <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what I when I that's what I was watching when I was at that age like I was working Ant's Place in Napa and like after work I would just watch it um yeah. so I would learn like some of their songs every now and again like you know Queen songs or Iron Maiden songs and um, I eventually found, you know, some friends who, you know, who knew how to play too. And, you know, that's kind of how I started to get into playing with, with bands and people. Good. Did you ever um, go into a music store and play the intro to Sweet Child of Mine? Um, no, but I did play Stairway to Heaven. And I later okay. on thought that that's not supposed to be done. Yeah. And same thing with the intro to One. I know that one uh, can get on the nerves really quickly too. Um, yeah. So let's talk about uh, Cowgirls from Hell. How did all this kind of transpire? Like, because um, uh, I think, wasn't the band out of San Diego or California yes. somewhere? Um, so and one of our good friends, um, Esty, he's a local musician. Yeah. And, and he, him with, with, I think with Greg, they put on like some tribute shows, um, like fundraising shows so that they can donate um, the some proceeds to a uh, charity yeah. and usually it's like a red, red for dime it'll be like a bunch of musicians playing Pantera songs for that show or like um, like a, an 80s tribute well it would be like songs from the 80s and the musicians would just like kind of get up on stage and play 80s songs um, like an open mic type um, and I remember I was still living in Anaheim LA area um, and I got tagged in a post because they were looking, um, he had an idea of like maybe having an all-female group to play a Pantera song for that show that year. I think it was 2014. And um, I got tagged on it and <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Like I, I was just so down to play at that time. Like I was mm-hmm. just, you know, I was like a yes man for you know, for a while. So I, I said I was down and the ones that were also down, um, 
I was familiar with Sam. She she played with she plays with Squirrely Arts, and you know we've we've kind of been uh, familiar with each other, like playing in the same scene between LA OC and uh, Orange County and San Diego. Um, when uh, our bass player was playing with Unicorn Death, and my band Infinite Death would have played with them. Um, in the same kind of genre, in the same circle. So I was kind of excited to like play with them, have the yeah. opportunity. Um, and our drummer, Christina, she's also like a, a drum teacher. And she's kind of like a math genius. And so I was really excited to like just be surrounded by, you know, a lot of really good musicians. Um, yeah. In the beginning, we had two vocalists, um, Cassie played the uh, sang the the clean parts because we did sh- shedding skin so she sang this the clean parts and Sam did the growls um and um, eventually later on Sam you know so she ended up sticking around and um wow. we continued on with her um but the the group was originally originally called Pantities. <laughs> it was okay, it was kind of yeah. like a joke. <laughs> it yeah. was really goofy yeah. but it's <laughs> fun yeah. yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna tell everyone my story when i went to see uh, cowgirls from hell so this is going back to 2017 and um being in a tribute band is, is, is it's a completely different game than just you know playing some cover songs or um so I've told a little bit on this channel a little over 20 years ago. I got I got a phone call out of the blue from a, a, a touring Metallica tribute band. I happened to play in a band with the bass player years before, and they're like, "We're stuck. Our lead player he he's getting a divorce, or he had to move away, or something like something. We have these three or four really important shows in two weeks. Can you do it?" So here I was, woodshedding like 35 Metallica songs and solos, uh, and I know the pressure that comes along with that, and. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, w- one of my uh, a, a friend of mine who's he, he we lost him last year, but he uh, one of the best musicians I ever played with. He was in a Dream Theater tribute band. He was a keyboardist, and uh, and you know he told me he did this Dream Theater tribute band, and he was amazing. And this one night he made a tiny little mistake, and when he came off the show, like and the show was over, people weren't saying, "Hey man, great job." They they had to point out that one little gets all the musicians. So. Going into that with Pantera, and and to be honest, Rose, um, I think you guys had some promo videos. Yeah. And I, I think I saw it on Facebook. I said, oh, like there's a, uh, you know, it takes a lot for me to go out. I'm kind of somewhat antisocial, not in the crazy personality disorder thing, but I'm just, you know, I just like chilling out at home on the weekends and stuff. So it has to be something really interesting to tweak my interest to get me to go out. And uh, so I had some friends that were really into Pantera. We went to see it. And... Um, uh, you know, I was a typical guitar player with my arms crossed, watching probably almost right in front of you like this. Um, but you guys played, man. It blew me away. I was like really surprised, and uh, we had a great time. And I wasn't drinking much, so I was had full clarity with your okay. playing. And and there's different parts for different solos. I said, okay, this should be interesting. Oh my god! And I was like, no, you did, you did fantastic. I was really legitimately going, holy geez, you know, like she really. Uh, um, and one of the interesting things too, maybe we'll talk about after is your drummer wasn't there you you guys had this fill-in guy from montreal named kevin and he was amazing too it was just it was just the most incredible thing but at the end of the night you know i congratulated you i said hey you did a great job i'm a guitar player uh at the time i, I took a picture of us i posted on my old instagram account 
but there's a creepy guy. I, I think he really liked you or something. So he was really bothering you. Like, I, I you know, I'm like, should I just kind of, I don't know what to do. Should I like, anyway, I just, so I just said, well, I won't bug her. But this, uh, this guy, I think he really liked you or something. He wouldn't leave you alone. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, it may have been another band member, I, but I'm pretty sure it was you. But uh, anyway, I, I thought you guys did a tremendous job. I, I was legitimately impressed. I thought, wow, you know, and for a Pantera thing, like the pressure on that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, so you're kind of shifting into being a tribute uh, for Pantera. Um, first and foremost, I'm sure a lot of the guitar players will want to know, like, what did you find was the hardest Pantera song to learn rhythm wise? And what was the hardest solo? The hardest solo? It probably be. Uh, uh, they're all hard solos, <laughs> honestly, because it's like, you know, like you, you play the walk solo. Yeah, it's not as challenging as the domination solo, but many people like no walk, and it's like just being on the spot. When the solo comes, it's the same level of anxiety when I play the domination solo mm -hmm. and you know I've never never ever played like a perfect perfect um, show ever wow. so it's like oh no like that that's gonna be online that's gonna you know so um at that point kind of just like accept it you know like I'm never gonna sound exactly like that I'm never gonna be you know that perfect but as long as I give you know my friends like just people up front like the experience yeah. and have as long as everyone's having fun and you know like we don't really get to hear pantera songs out loud oh. in a live music setting and you know and in a way i feel like grateful for having given the opportunity to give that to people yeah yeah and, you know, I, I really miss doing that like it was like, really a lot of fun and a lot of work but it was a lot of fun so well, you yeah. wouldn't know what you wouldn't know watching you on stage. And I watched with the critical guitarist eye. I thought you did fantastic. Like you wouldn't know that you were anxious at all when you're playing any parts. I thought you did incredible. Uh, but believe me, you know I do, I do this. It's funny because um, I have a very like transparent face. Like when I mess up, you a lot of times people will know because I make a face. And one of my friends was able to capture that. It, I, I could probably send you that face, that picture one one of these days. But it's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I you know I'll tell you a funny story too. Like so, when I so this Metallica tribute, and like I had done like gigs and stuff and bands and stuff, but this was my first real professional gig at a big hall that held eight hundred a thousand people. The big they had they had sound techs working there, the big sound system lighting. They had pyro, they had everything, you know. And I remember the sound check being so nervous thinking, you know, I can see my truck out that back door. I could grab my stuff and hop in the truck and just take off. I was so nervous. <laughs> but, you know, we pulled it off that night. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't look like Kirk Hammett. I'd have to, you know, stop working out and lose 100 pounds. Like, but I just dressed in black and I played the parts. But, you know, we had we had one one thing that night. I don't know what was going on, but I couldn't hear. And we were starting fade to black and we had to restart it. Oh my and it wasn't fun, wasn't pleasant. But, and a lot you know, of people... Yeah, so you know things happen. A lot of people happen. probably looking forward to that. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but but you know it things do happen sometimes. But like you guys, you know that night you guys really were fantastic. I was really legitimately going, wow, like this is, uh, and you wouldn't have known it watching you playing. You wouldn't have known that 
I nothing nothing gets by these ears, and I, I didn't notice anything at all I'm out glad. of place with your playing. So no, you, I was really impressed. Um, so getting into that kind of dime mindset, um, let's talk a little bit about your gear. So what did you do to get mm -hmm. ready to uh, for performing that? Like, were you thinking, you know, this is another thing I'm going to bring up too, and we're just going to gently talk about it. Uh, you know, I, I did a reaction video to kind of the new lineup, the reunion, the tribute, whatever you want to call it, with Zach Wild, and I'm a Zach Wild fan. Like, I love Zach Wild. I loved his work in Ozzy. Um, he's not dime. They're very different guitar players. He doesn't have a Floyd Rose. There's, there's, they're very different guitar players. But I did a reaction video, and a lot of people were commenting saying, oh, he didn't have dimes. He should have had a solid state amp and not a tube amp, and he should have done this, should have not. You know... It's just one of those things. But what was your mentality getting into that? Like, were you thinking, I need to get a solid state amp. I need to use the exact amp. Or so I remember your tones were pretty, pardon my, my French, pretty bitching. They sounded great. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel when we went to Canada, we had to borrow gear. And, you know, each show that we had, it was a different gear. You so, told me that. Um, you to I remember you telling me that when we were talking. Yes. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah, and um, and I think that night in Ottawa, I had a JCM two thousand. I I I think I think it was a Marshall, and I really liked it. And I ended up getting one when I got home, and you know, like trying like trying it out. But um, I ended up sticking with um, I used fifty one fifty EVH with yeah. six L sixes. Okay. And um, and partly because when I recorded with my original band infinite death um i my my friend has the the pv 5150 and i really love the tone so it's more like the range that it can do it could mm -hmm. it could do pantera tone justice and it could also like i also love the tone as it fit in my original band so um it was kind of like um like it served both of my bands really well, and and I still love it. Like I would recommend it to everyone, pretty much. So I'm gonna tell you another funny story. Um, it's not it's not really a funny haha. It's just it's just about the business and life. Um, so 20 years ago, I worked in a music store and I gave lessons in two different music stores. And one of the guys, one of the owners of the shops, uh, he he was a really good guitar player. He was a very he, he was a very good regional player. He loved Pantera. He went to see uh, Damage Plan a week before Dime was murdered. And his store, we carried the Randall line. So we had the Randall Warhead. We had the Randall. And he told me, because he, he also was a sound guy. Uh, so this was in Ottawa at one of the big venues there. He went in, he watched, but he had the Warhead head with the stack there on stage. But then he said, well, where's the mic? And he looked off stage and he saw it was another Randall, but it was one that had a tube in it. And uh, uh, and it was the cabinet was being mic'd. What was the other one? Uh, it might have been that one that uh, Kirk Hammett and James Heffel were using for a while. It was the Randall one where you can blend solid state with the tube overdrive. Oh, the uh -huh. Yeah, but he said so. He's really not using the Warhead. Sorry, Randall. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we got a kick out of that. But uh, it, it was still Randall products, but it wasn't the actual Warhead that was marketed it as his. He was using a different. Uh, Randall line, and I think it was the one where you blend the um, 
the solid state with the tube. So for all you guys out there saying, you know, you know, maybe maybe Dime did have some tube in his sound at some points in his career. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, sometimes things aren't always. Yeah, because I know he has, like, he has like a very um, kind of kind of scoop sound. Like it 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 almost reminds me of a razor blade. Yeah. It just like feels like a razor when he plays that guitar. Yeah, um, exactly for sure. So, uh, so you use the EVH, uh, the fifty one fifty. Yeah, no problem. Yes, yeah, so I, I use the EVH fifty one fifty. Um, so I usually use the third channel all throughout most of the, most of the time, and like I kind of like do a lot, or I would say like. The lesser the better because yes. um, i because i know i get like really distracted with when there's like a lot of stuff to like press but i know um, a lot of my friends have, have um kind of advised me like oh i should use a different channel for my solo so it pops up more and i've tried that a couple of times and it, and yeah i like do it did it on and off but a lot of times i just stick with the third channel and just yeah you know, Rose, that's did it uh, that way, so it's easier. <laughs> you know, that's a big topic that comes up in a lot of the guitar channels. Um, I'm not a beer, a big gear guy. I'm like, good guitars, some a good amp, a few pedals, and away you go. Because some of the stuff out now, some of the modeling uh, things that are going on and stuff, I'm not saying to not use them, but sometimes you need like a PhD from university to learn how to even turn them on and program them. I think what, what a lot of people don't understand is when you're playing live, especially, uh, you know, to a rowdy audience, uh, to a drinking audience, people get up on stage, people spill beer, things, people stage, dive, people <laughs> yeah. crash into the stage. So if you have, you know, uh, a fancy foot, uh, foot controller, uh, and it gets stepped on and the adapter breaks, what are you going to do? If you have a boss pedal and someone steps on the adapter, you just pull it out of the chain and keep going. And you could probably buy the mm -hmm. boss pedal for used for you know eighty bucks or a hundred bucks somewhere. So you're just out that. Mm -hmm. But I, I I'm more for being practical. And I noticed, uh, and I have the pictures here, and I'll have them up here during the interview. Like you, you keep a pretty simple setup. It's very similar to what I would use. Mm -hmm. Um. So I I usually have an effects loop plugged into the back of my amp, and and I you I put the Hall of Fame. Um, TC Electronic Hall of Fame reverb on there and the delay pedal flashback. Okay. Um, and I kind of just like turn it on and off during usually solos or clean parts. Yeah. And just to kind of keep it simple. And with um, uh, uh, the front, like where I am usually stationed, it's you know, pretty basic. Like I have my tuner. Yeah. I know no specific order. I have my tuner, my waste suppressor. Um, I have this cheap Ibanez um, TS9 tube screamer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the 5150 really needed it, but I just have it there just in case. Like so, there are there are times where my battery for my um uh pickup kind of died, and the tube screamer saved me. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I have the wah pedal. The, the yeah, the so crybaby um from the, the, hell one yes exactly um uh, so like for the tube screamer you would kind of add that when you're playing a solo just for that extra little bit of bite yeah yeah 
Um, and I I like it really midi, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, so um, that kind of helps um, beef it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and my backup, my my backup ones are like the the forty four Magnum power amp in case my head head um, blows up or whatever. Yeah. And then have the EV fifty one fifty overdrive. Um, so when like if I had to use a different head, I'll just plug that into. Yeah. through the like clean channel or whatnot and get this the similar EVH tone from it. Yeah. Um to kinda be a little bit more mobile with it without having to bring so much yeah. stuff. And but I think you're kind of from yeah. the same school I am. Simpler is better. And um uh you know like when you're getting ready for a show, especially if you're traveling and you guys have made some big travels, uh you don't want to be setting stuff up right till the minute before you go on stage. It's nice just to get set up, sound check, and relax. Yeah. Right? Definitely. So let's just... And now, um, um, I remember when... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. You go ahead, please. Um, I remember when, uh, when we went to to Canada, our first show was Montreal. And um, I was super worried about you know the gear situation because I was really attached to my fifty one fifty, but it was kind of kind of like an adventure in a way because I got to try like the I forgot what kind of Randall head it was, but I feel like that was the closest tone I, I ever got to Dime's tone. Like whenever I saw some of those Montreal videos that we made, what the you know, someone took a video of our our, our show. And I thought it was really, really cool that, you know, we got that tone from, you know, from someone else's head. And, and then the, we were able to get to, we were able to try the JCM 2000. And that one I really liked too. So it was cool. It was an adventure. Yeah. And we have to say too, like when you guys came to Canada, you had this guy, Kevin, uh, I follow him on Instagram. Uh, he he sat in on the drums and you guys had never practiced or played and and he was amazing, like I have to tell you I was just like man like that drummer he's just killer. Yeah, um, it it was a pretty stressful situation, but Kevin like saved us like oh um I guess a couple of days before before we left for Canada our the drummer that we contracted to play with us and uh you know canceled on us but it was like it's like do we gotta go to a different country we got all these shows booked and all these contracts so we decided to like okay like uh hail mary in a way to like look for another drummer who could possibly play pantera um Preferably in Montreal because that was our first show. It would be, it would make the most sense. So we got so lucky with Kevin, oh. and there's like a lot of stress there, but like a lot of faith was put in Kevin, and, and I'm glad that it oh all works out. And and whoever makes the sound that night at the club, I saw you guys at that. It just sounded, but he just. You wouldn't have known that you guys hadn't played together. It was, it was that good. He he was really incredible. Um, so let's just let's just you know, yeah, let's just uh, have an honest chat here about like what what kind of pressure were you feeling? Like what was you know? Did you get good feedback? Was there some? I don't mean from the guitar and the amp. I mean from people watching. 
Uh, we know that the Pantera fans are very passionate. So were they pretty hard on you at times? Um, I know social media is pretty vicious. Yeah. And it, 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 took, it took some time for me to kind of like adjust. And, you know, it, like people say stuff that they wouldn't tell you in person, definitely. No. Um, but usually at our shows, you know, like we, you know, we get the crowd going, we give them an experience and, you know, we try to, you know, give it our 100% and, you know, I'm not a the most energetic person, but I try to be when I'm on stage and stuff. So it's just like having fun with with what we have on stage and what, you know, oh, and the songs that we could like deliver to people and have them, I guess to put it, to put it, um, sorry, okay. I, I couldn't like put into words. Um, it's more like, like um, we could we could never play Pantera, you know, hundred percent perfect. So there's always gonna be people who are not gonna like it, especially online. Yeah. Um, but having the privilege of like hearing Pantera songs and in a live music setting, and having the privilege of being able to give that to people, you know, it's pretty rewarding and fun and as long as everyone's like having fun and yeah staying safe while having fun you know like in those mosh pits and stuff even <laughs> with there's broken bottles and whatnot yeah, it's kind of like you know the the experience it's it, it's good experience well you know i think it wasn't just me that was skeptical uh when you guys went on i think there's a lot of people in the club like but at the end you guys won everyone over i remember at the end a lot of people well, you had a creepy guy there trying to uh, get your number, um, but there's a lot. <laughs> you won everyone over, and you and and people were really happy with the show. I remember that everyone was just like, "Man, that was so cool!" Because I think a lot of people were in like, "Oh, I don't know, man, a Pantera tribute. Ooh, what's going to happen here?" So uh, yeah, yeah. So you guys had some sponsorships, and, and you know, um, um, we we did. I don't know if. It's been a while, and I haven't really played, so I don't know if it's still current. But um, I still stand by <laughs> by the like clear tone strings. Like I, okay. I've always used them, and like I swear I've I've gone like maybe eight months without changing the strings on my LTD, and it's still like played like brand new and and. Yeah, I stand by them. They're great strings. I know they're quoted. So many people reference to. Hmm, um, I use the LTD M1000. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's coded string. Okay. And um, and I use the the tens on my LTD, and the size nines on my Jackson RR3. Um. And I don't, I don't really have like expensive gear either. Like I, I bought my LTD for sale at like on sale at Samash for like 500 bucks with a free case and stuff. And I thought it looks really cool because it's still, it, it looks really nice and it still plays really well. Um, yeah. I, um, the, uh, the EMGs on those are 8160 and the Jackson RR3, it's 8181. Oh, good. And. You know, on that note, I just want to kind of intervene here with this too. Uh, when, when you say about, you know, I know a lot of people who have really expensive guitars, but they can't play. 
you know. So I think sometimes, uh, you know, people buy guitars because for the sake of being expensive. But I've tried some really expensive guitars, and sometimes I'm not impressed. That that Jackson V, the Demolition, it's the lower end one. It's a mm -hmm. bolt-on neck. I'm not a neck-through-body kind of guy. I never could get into that on guitar for some reason. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I got that used for $750. I think brand new, they, they retail for over $1,500. Um, oh, wow. I bought it from a musician on... on um, uh, it wasn't Reverb. I forget what it was, but he just... And I had to drive eight hours to get it, but he just said... I said, why are you selling it? It's a great guitar. He said, dude, I got to pay the rent. <laughs> So, okay. So sometimes it's not always how expensive the guitar is. I'm kind of with you on that. Some of my best guitars, I've made really good deals buying them used. And mm -hmm. uh, I, they sound good and I play them fine. So, uh, uh, and believe me, your tone sounded great that night when I heard you guys play. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, you're very welcome. Um, so let's talk now. Uh, you know, we'll kind of approach the topic of what's going on with Pantera now. Now, you know, Pantera can never really be Pantera without Dimebag uh, and, and Benny. Like, we, we know that, okay? And I don't want to speak for Rose for that, but we know, and people will be commenting and stuff. But uh, what what are your feelings about uh, them now with what they're doing? Um, so, I'm, like, having never seen Pantera before, like, I was really stoked to hear that, you know, they're going to tour and, and Zach's going to be there and you know, Charlie, and it's you know, it's like to me, you know, as a new generation, I guess, to a, of Pantera fans who've never seen Pantera, it's you know, it's pretty great to have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I know I've I've seen some of those videos too that you know people didn't really like how how Zach um, delivers on the songs and like I can I could totally relate because you know I've had people say that about me online too when you know whenever there's a new new video or whatever we have some show that we just like um but yeah I, I don't know if I probably mentioned earlier like no one's gonna ever play like dying like no. it's never gonna sound like that yeah and you know like we're, we've listened to these Pantera songs for like years and years, like hundreds of times. So we have these like preconceived notions of like, okay, we're expecting this note to come up. We're expecting this squeal to come up, like, you know, any yeah. minute. But when it doesn't come up because someone else is playing, we get disappointed. So I kind of get it. Um, so it, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of argument, like a lot of polarity with that. So I'm like, personally, like I would, I'm just excited to like see them. I'm just happy to see them. Yeah, and um, that... we're gonna see them in August in go. Okay, and uh, are they opening up for Metallica or? Oh, um, it would just be them and Lamb of God. I think the night before is um them Metallica, okay. but I don't think I could afford that. You, you can't afford the seventy-two hundred dollar uh, Lux the seventy-two hundred dollar Lux Eternal <laughs> VIP package. No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I wish I could. I did a video about that, and I said I don't care if you're the president, the prime minister, or the pope. Nobody's worth that kind of money to me. So, uh, but um, but yeah, no. Uh, so, in that video I posted, the comment section, it's 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 almost like it took on a life of its own. Um, 
yeah, because Zach doesn't he doesn't use the whammy bar, so I can understand like in certain parts, like uh, like if they did Cemetery Gates, you know, when he has to get the, but you know, um, this love, it's really tuned down. Like Phil's older now, like for singing, so it's harder sometimes when mm -hmm. you're aged to hit, you know. So there's some little things there, but to me, I, I said that in my video. I said, hey, I've I've been a Pantera fan since 1990. You know, uh, I, I went to Columbus. I did my own little tribute at the club where, you know, Dime was murdered. I know, is it exactly what Dime would have done? No, but, um, you know, I'm just happy to see the name doing something. And, you know, people took that whichever way they wanted uh, when they talked about it. But uh, as a fan, I'm just glad to see them doing something. And, of course, Charlie Benante, you know, in Anthrax, he was always a monster drummer. He does, he, he's amazing. But... You know, my friend that I was telling you about, uh, who who went to see Damage Plan a, month, a week before Dime got murdered, and he looked around the corner and he saw where he, what he was actually playing through. Uh, he told me we talked about this a few weeks ago. He said it wouldn't matter who they got in on guitar; somebody would have a problem with something. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's hundred percent. Yeah. So Rose, so what what do you think? Uh, you know, I I know it's kind of we're going through weird times with what's been going on in the world and everything, but. Um, I do know what it's like when people kind of burn out for music or they need a break. Um, but do you, do you see, do, are you feeling the urge to uh, get back at it and uh, play and maybe do that again? Um, it's going the right direction. Like I was telling you uh, earlier how, you know, like during COVID, like I probably didn't listen to music at all for like two, two years straight when I drive my car like nothing's playing it drove my family crazy like we'll be on long drives and nothing's yeah. playing I couldn't listen to Pantera for a really really long time I couldn't play Pantera songs for a really really long time and a lot of that was you know I mentioned my, my friend played with the they played too, and I filled in for them. But it became really great. And like uh, it's really lot. Everything. I think we're losing voice. You just a little bit there. Yeah. Um, I I could hear his voice in like those Pantera songs, and I couldn't like continue listening. So for a long time, I felt that way. So it, in, in a way, like now I'm like kind of coming out of that. So it's going the right direction. Like I am able to kind of um, get past it and listen again and go through our set and, and kind of like refresh. Because I, I know like you don't lose it. You lose, if you don't use it, you lose it, you know, yeah. like I it's hard to like relearn those songs again and yeah um, not getting younger <laughs> yeah um are, but, do you still, but yeah do you still keep in touch with the other band members yeah yeah definitely like we we always like um i know me and sam would run it into each other at um at shows and me and wena will like just randomly hang out every now and again and we have less standing group chat that's like we'll we'll check in on each other every now and again, and mm -hmm. I know when I just got married um two years ago, and like we we kind of kind of was a low key 
maid of honor, I guess, or maid without honor, because there was, there was there was no honor in it. I was just like her slave, but mm-hmm. it was fun. Like it was really fun. Like we loved arts and crafts, so we kind of just went all out with it. And okay. yeah, it was really, we still keep in touch, and we're all good friends. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy to um, hear that. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that yeah. like, the, the desire to play has come back. I've you know I've had a, a burnout period in my life. Where I didn't even touch a guitar for over two years. Um, but uh, I'm really glad to hear that you guys were uh, that you're getting the desire to play back. And for me personally, I again like you know I really enjoyed watching you guys play, and it's kind of it's a nice way just to keep that music going. No, no one can play exactly the way Dime did. But I thought your interpretation was quite good, and you guys put on a really good live show. It'd be really awesome to see you guys uh, on stage again. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say to everyone before we sign off? Um. Well, thank you for having me here and listening in. Like I'm really like nobody. I'm just a regular person. Like um, you're doing my regular stuff and i'm i'm happy to you know share share my story with you and share my gear and my experience playing you know pantera for a little while for you know for people um and yeah just yeah god bless and well you know we all out there we all love pantera and that's a bond that we all have you know whether people agree disagree it's because we care and we're passionate about the band and the music. So, Rose, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. I'm really hoping, you know, if you guys come to Ottawa or Montreal, I hope you guys let me know because I'll definitely go for sure. Definitely. Well, well we love Canada. Like, I want to go back there and one of these days, and it would be even better if we're going to go back there playing some shows and stuff. Did you guys and get to some, try And some, have some food to eat Poutine, yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you. You got to have some poutine. Did you yeah, have it, it in was, Montreal? It was, it was pretty awesome. And and one of the things that was that really blew me away was it was so random. I don't know. It, the best tomatoes I've ever tasted in my yeah. life was from Canada for some reason. I don't know why. Well, well you know, this is a whole other discussion. Uh, maybe if I start a food channel, we could talk about this. But Montreal has is, is a very well-known uh, dining for some of the best dining and eating places. So uh, it's a it's a great city to go to for a weekend and try some different cuisine for sure. But Rose, uh, again, I really love seeing you guys on stage. Uh, again, uh, Pantera, with, with the tribute that's going on, made me remember your band and uh, just the love we all have for Pantera. And I know in the comments, a few people mentioned you. And uh, again, uh, if you guys play again in the area, please let me know. And remember guys, Practice hard, but practice smart, and we'll see you soon.